welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Developing a leader who can manage today's challenges across disciplines and continents um, while forecasting for the future is a critical competency in today's future leader. And what better person to discuss this than uh, John Nolan uh, from Unilever. John's the SVP of HR for Global Markets. Thanks for joining us today, John. Uh, thanks, Matt. Very nice of you to uh, to invite me. So John's in London. Uh, John and I have known each other uh, for some years, and um, recently we actually coincidentally uh, collided in Kuala Lumpur and over a beer. Um, I learned that, John, you've actually worked for Unilever your entire career. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I joined... Uh as a graduate uh, trainee um, 28 years ago and uh, uh, never left um, and, and probably one of the reasons for that was um, you know the opportunities that came along along the way and uh, you know in that 28 years I've been blessed to work uh, you know in four countries on three continents um, I've been in the UK I've been in the United States I've been in Brussels and most latterly uh, in Singapore so uh, so in a variety of different roles, in leadership roles, uh, leadership development roles, HR business partner roles, all across the different verticals of the business and uh, in, in different parts of the organization. So, uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I was blessed uh, very much to work for 28 years in the same organization. And John, did you start your career with Unilever in HR or was it a business role? No, I did. I started in HR, so I joined... Um, in the on the graduate scheme um, on the HR stream. Okay, and tell us, um, you know, Unilever. I think there's something like I read the other day, 172,000 employees um, across the world, 49 billion dollar company. The global markets focus that you have most recently had. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so my last role was uh, was really being responsible for all the country operations in Unilever, and to sort of keep that simple, what that means is. Um, the market side of the business is the, is the part of the business that is responsible for taking our brands and innovations to market and is responsible for the P&L. And we run a, um, a geographic model where the HR people inside a country are responsible for all the various Unilever entities in that country, so all the different verticals, however way they may report inside a matrix. Um, the, the HR business partner and then the services provided by the people inside those countries. So my team was responsible for all the geographic operations of Unilever around the world and I was personally responsible for business partner in the part of the organization that was, uh, was uh, P&L responsible. Okay, and very interestingly, um, you're out of Singapore and I guess uh, it's a growing trend where we're starting to see more global HR roles uh, out of Singapore. Um, how was it doing that role out of Singapore? Well, I think it's got you know positives and uh, and some negatives. Um, I, I think if you ask, well, what, well, why did we base uh, the role in Singapore? Um, I, I think firstly because the chief operating officer of Unilever was based there, um, and the importance of that was really all around proximity to those parts of the business that were growing the fastest. Um, Unilever has something like 60% of its turnover from the developing and emerging world. And, you know, the vast majority of, of our growth comes from those markets, as is the case now for 
for many businesses. And given that if you cast your eye forward, that's almost certainly where a disproportionate amount of the future growth and the future business is going to be. Um, you know, we felt that having the part of the business that was responsible for our marketplace operations in the faster growing markets, you know, really made uh, a lot of sense. So for me and for the chief operating officer, who was a, a, a guy called Harish Manwani, to be in Singapore meant that we had easy access to those parts of the business that probably needed slightly more attention. Certainly, if you think about it from an HR and talent point of view, you know, I would have spent a disproportionate amount of my time, for instance, on the talent and leadership and organization issues in China, in Vietnam, in new markets like Myanmar, in big markets like Indonesia, where, you know, where I think we could add the most value. So I think there's an awful lot of positive by being based in Singapore also because you've got all those things everybody knows about, about easy access, great communication, also access to great talent. Um, you know, I do think that HR talent in Singapore is very good and uh, you are able to access you know, some really great people. So being in Singapore, being close to the D&E markets, I think was a really big advantage in a global role. I think the downside, as everybody knows, is that, you know, unfortunately, a global job from Singapore does come with some problems when it comes to communication back to the U.S. or, you know, back to Europe. And that means, you know, a lot of late nights, a lot of sort of antisocial hours, you know, which do make it challenging for, you know, for a lot of people. But on balance, you know, the positives certainly outweigh, uh, outweigh the negatives. So you're obviously uh, living proof of, you know, Unilever having uh, developed someone and retained them for, you know, 28 years. Uh, how have you seen the leadership initiatives at Unilever uh, morph during your tenure? And I guess also, you know, certainly looking through in your role um, a very strong emerging markets lens uh, where, you know, the needs and requirements of talent is changing. Um, how, how would you describe the leadership initiatives at, at Unilever? Yeah, so I, th I think what I would say is, you know, um, there has been a consistency over time of some of the things that um, have never changed. So, you know, for instance, um, in the big markets, we've always had a very sound graduate recruitment program, which has been the lifeblood of the talent pipeline still today you know, 70 or 80% of our appointments, we like to be from within. And the biggest source of that, you know, supply is from our, you know, graduate recruitment uh, initiative, which we undertake every year. What's developed over the years is we've extended that to more and more markets. It's become more globalized. It's become more standardized. And so now, you know, someone who joins that program who we identify as a future leader you know, whether they join in, you know, Turkey, whether they join in, you know, uh, Vietnam or whether they join in, um, in Argentina, they go through exactly the same development program, exactly the same rotations around the business. They get exactly the same kind of, you know, coaching and mentoring. And we're now able to do that on a global scale. So I think the first thing I'd say is that although we've always done it, we've now taken it global. It's become more consistent and we're able to get leverage and economy of uh, that. I think the second thing is we've invested, always invested in leadership development programs. We've had a leadership development center called Four Acres in London since the 1950s. What's new 
and what's certainly exciting in the last you know four or five years is we've extended that investment to other parts of the world. You know, we recently spent 50 million euro on building a, a state-of-the-art leadership development centre in Singapore, and that's all with the aim of ramping up our initiatives, improving the capacity of the organisation to develop leaders, and also putting some of our learning and leadership initiatives closer to uh, the faster-growing markets, which I talked about a little earlier. I think, lastly, that the last thing I would say that's changed. Um, is maybe the emphasis we place within our leadership programs on things like you know, Unilever's commitment to sustainability, Unilever's commitment to diversity. These things come through much more powerfully in our leadership development programs today um, than maybe they did 10 or 20 years ago, although they've always been there. And I think all of that is underpinned by a model of leadership development where you know, despite all the investment you make and all the effort you put into leadership training programs, I think we all know that the greatest leadership learning comes from experience. And what Unilever has always been, I think, very, very good at is rotating people around the business, both to give them different functional experiences, different brand experiences, but also like me, you know, to give them international and global experiences by working in different markets and by seeing the world from a different angle to help make us, you know, more rounded global leaders. So I think they would be the, the things that, you know, have stood the test of time and then they're sort of sprinkled with some some new ways of uh, of looking at it. So people often talk about the fact that the you know, new age generation, you know, those coming into the workforce from university, um, that the, you know, the tenure and resilience of those individuals is not as strong as those, you know, from the previous generation. What have you found at, at, at Unilever? Um, is that the case or not? Well, I think the answer is it depends and, and it's hard to generalize, Matt. I don't think you can take, sort of take a global, a, a global answer to this. I think it really depends market by market. I think what I would say is, on the whole, um, I think that statement might be a little bit overplayed. So, for instance, you know, our global attrition rate was something like 7% in 2014, you know, which is certainly better in almost every market than the industry average. So, I think Unilever has proven its ability to be able to retain people. So, I think you can do it. Obviously, you know, have to be careful of averages because averages would, you know, mask the fact that, you know, perhaps there's lower attrition in Europe and there's higher attrition, you know, in, in Asia. So I, I think that's one. I, I think this, the, the other thing is, I, I think you have to ask yourself the question, well, what's the alternative to investing in talent development? So, you know, I very passionately believe that everybody needs to come together, all vested interests, whether that's schools, universities, professional service firms and big corporates and, you know, and governments. And we all have to play our role in improving the collective size and capacity of the talent pool. Because, you know, there is a, a school of thought that says, well, these investments are all wasted because people only stay three years, five years in your organization. So, you know, why would you bother? Well, I think there's lots of reasons to bother. I mean, one is the fact that, you know, What's, what's the alternative? The alternative is that we all run around recruiting each other's people, um, you know, which is great for you, Matt, 
but not so great for us because all we're really doing is driving up the price of employing great people into our businesses. And, you know, that's a zero-sum game with a finite supply of talent and everybody stealing each other's people every two or three years. All we do is drive up the price. And, you know, that just drives up the costs of our business. It means there's less money for us to invest in our brand, less money to, for us to invest in leadership development. And that can't be the right thing to do. So if we all come together, as I said, in corporate governments, academic institutions, and we all work together to invest in talent development, we can improve the collective capability and capacity of the talent pool. And in doing so, we all benefit. So if somebody joins Unilever today, I think it's unrealistic for me to ask them to stay for 40 years. I, I, of course, I understand that, and people will leave. But you know, as part of our commitment to society and part of our commitment to sustainability, then surely it makes sense for us to all invest in creating a more sustainable talent pipeline. And if that means someone comes to Unilever for five years, ten years, they do a great job while they're there. We equip them with more skills. We make them more marketable and they then are then available to the talent pool, then, you know, so be it. And, you know, one of the things that Unilever is very proud of is that if you look around the world today, there are many CEOs of, you know, big companies, you know, Fortune 500 companies who are ex-Unilever alumni. And, and that's great. And it's great for our employer brand. And we wish them well. And it's also the right thing for us to do. So the way I think we, you know, companies should look at this is, you know, don't think about it as, you know, you need to try and cling on to people for life. You know, what you should do is you should think about asking people. You can no longer, you know, command loyalty by saying to people, you know, please be loyal and please stay. What you can command is commitment. And I think commitment you'll get from people in return for them feeling that the company is vested and is investing in their development and in their career. And I think if you do that right, then... You know, I think that makes sense for both your business and uh, I think it makes sense for society at large as well. Yeah, so it's taking a very long-term view. So you talked uh, previously about um, you know, the Future Leader Program. What, what is top management's level um, in, this, in this program in, in sort of developing leaders? How, how are they participating? Oh, so they're very heavily involved. Um, so in our recruitment program for future leaders, you know, um, you know, we do all manner of things, you know, on campuses, um, in the market, you know, with candidates, whether that's from giving talks and lectures at university. We actually sponsor some case studies. And in Singapore, for instance, we work with uh, the three uh, universities in Singapore on sponsoring you know, various case studies, whether they be sustainability case studies for the supply chain or marketing case studies in the business uh, faculty. So we do that. Um, line managers are involved in that, in both writing and delivering the case studies. They also go to campus for career fairs. They do the interviewing themselves. They take part in assessment centers, which is the final you know, leg of the recruitment journey. So uh, the level of involvement is, uh, is really high. And we make it very clear to people uh, you know, currently is that one of their responsibilities is to help us attract and engage the future leaders of, uh, of tomorrow. And how are you measuring the success of um, these programs? Um, is it is it on a on a quarterly or is it an annual basis, or are you taking a longer lifespan of this? So we've got a myriad of metrics and methods you might expect from you know 
initial retention rates to conversion rates. You know, we recruit our you know future leaders on our you know, on our what it's called the Unilever Future Leaders Program. Um, you know, with a certain expectation about the level of the organisation that they would reach within a certain number of years. So we measure that. We measure the conversion rate into their first management job. We also measure things like, you know, uh, the number of high potentials we have in the business. And of course, you know, we have to be careful not only to talk about graduate recruits because we also have people joining the business from outside and at different points in their career. But we're measuring the strength of the leadership pipeline through all kinds of metrics, the most obvious of which is, you know, around high potential identification, but, but there are others as well. Right. And, and how much do you think, uh, you know, technology and, you know, to some extent globalized thinking now that technology brings has allowed you to enhance this, 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 this program and how you would have developed leaders now sort of versus the past? You talked about this you know, yeah, very well, think, standardized global approach. So I think it helps the recruitment process. I don't think it helps the leadership development process so much. Um, and I also do think we have to be really careful about embracing, on the one hand, embracing you know the wonderful opportunities that technology does present to us. Um, and they are there and they are significant. But on the other hand, I caution all the time that we ought to be seduced by technology. Um, you know, the technology is a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. I do see at the moment, you know, a little bit of a frenzy around people jumping to try to find technological solutions where, in my view, sometimes it's a solution that's in search of a problem. And, you know, we need to turn that the other way around. So, yes, it's helped us insofar as, you know, automated processing of CVs and application forms, you know, and all of that. Great. Yes, we use all the social media channels to both, on the one hand, promote the brand. You know, one of the things we're most proud of is, you know, that uh, during, you know, my six years uh, in uh, in Singapore, we've been able to take the Unilever employer brand from being number one in six markets to number one in 35 markets around the world. So in 35 markets around the world, we're considered the most desirable employer. We're also the third most sought after employer on LinkedIn on you know only after Google and Facebook so you know we do use social media and technology as a way of building the brand and that's really important and it's enabled the recruitment process and, and yes we built it into some of our leadership development programs through things like virtual learning you know and all of that that's all very helpful however you know in the end the recruitment process and the development process is about people and, you know, we should be careful to lose the personal touch, the, the level of interaction, and in the end, the level of judgment that's required from people about people and the connection and the touch that's required, you know, to nurture the leaders of, uh, of tomorrow. I, I don't think it can be done. Recruitment certainly can't be done all by technology and neither, neither can, be, can development. So, you know, my mantra on this is embrace it where it makes sense where it can help you, you know, improve the efficiency of your process. Uh, but don't be seduced by the technology because it, it may be that what you end up doing is taking the H out of HR, and that's probably not something we want to do. And that was John Nolan from Unilever talking about 
uh, building future leaders. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.